podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a Rapid Room production. Are back for another live show on the Locker Room app. As always, we are coming to you live every Thursday at 7 p.m. on the Locker Room app. It is the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's free. You get to listen in on all sorts of awesome conversations, and you can join us. You can talk. You can get your takes out there live with us every Thursday at 7 p.m. Also, take line. The NBA playoffs are about to heat up, so sports culture takes. Take line has it all. It's a podcast hosted by an Emmy winner by the name of Jason and a WNBA champ, Renee Montgomery. It's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about games, players, controversies, issues that run on and off the court. Follow now to your take on every Tuesday where podcasts are available. All right, we're going to have a fun show tonight. We're going to talk about the latest defensive back, Reggie Stubblefield, joining K-State. That's going to be a big one. Um, We're going to make fun of Iowa State fans because they can't get out of their way. Uh, We're going to talk about Reggie. Did he catfish the K-State coaches? There's there's a lot of people on message boards who are not happy with this pickup because he embellished some of his accolades on Twitter. Um, We're going to talk about that. We're going to commiserate. We're going to talk about some of the losses that we don't like, some players we don't like, and we're just going to have fun. We're going to have ourselves a Thursday. All right, I'm going to tweet out the links. As always, people who listen know that I kill time while I'm tweeting out links, get some stuff coming through. And then we'll get everyone's takes on everything. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun gonna be a fun Thursday as always. We'll go live for about an hour. Give some time for folks to jump in. Uh, it, I, I'll I'll say this. I, I watched some tape. I'm not gonna pretend to know uh, everything about talent evaluation, but I, I like the Reggie Stubblefield pickup. Uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit. I think it is a little funny how uh, how over the top he embellishes stats how he embellished his accolades. Uh, he claimed to be a two-time all-conference player, claimed to be an FCS All-American, and then uh, embellished his stats quite a bit. Um, not a lot of uh, evidence to back up some of his claims, and that sure has caused a ruckus on K-State message boards. Um, I still think it's a fine pickup. I think we needed someone at nickel. We needed someone who was going to contribute there. I don't know if he'll end up being the starter. I don't know if he'll be depth, but you needed someone to slot in at that spot. Uh, So I'm not too overly worried about it. Uh, We'll get everyone's takes as they come in. We're starting to get some folks coming in. I'll bring them up on the stage and we can kick this off. Um, We're going to start with Cole. Cole, thanks for hopping on the show. Uh, first off, the first question we're going to talk about, have you kept up? Did you see the latest transfer in Reggie Stubblefield uh, from Prairie View A&M down Texas? Yes, I did see that. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think the D-backs is definitely a room that needs some uh, senior leadership. Yep, I, I, I agree with you. So something that I'm going to ask everyone about this because – we actually tweeted out uh, an account and we tweeted a video of his um, that claimed a lot of stats, claimed a lot of accolades. Uh, it turns out that he embellished it quite a bit. You know, he was not a two-time all-conference player. He was not an FCS All-American. Some of those stats might have been juiced up. Um, how much pause does that give you um, knowing that, hey, he, he might have been out there trying to pimp him, himself out a little bit more than – he actually received, or do you think that's uh, some folks are making a molehill, a mountain out of a molehill? I don't think it's that big of a deal. If he's a baller, he's a baller. Uh, 
think he was just trying to get where he wanted to be. And if he wants to ball for K-State, by all means. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I, I like that take. We'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get Hayes in on this one. Hayes, um, when you saw it come through, were you happy to see a guy? I have him slotted at nickelback, but he can play uh, corner safety. What was your first reaction when you saw that come through last night? Uh, I was pretty excited about it. Um, nobody made me aware of this not actually being an All-American thing, and that was yeah. the big reason why I was excited. Yeah, so um, I – I, I I won't uh, I I don't want to throw shade at the kid. It's it's interesting. It, it caused quite a message board uh, brouhaha. Um, in first off, I, I'm going to say this: uh, the HBCUs and FCS, like their statistic keepers, it is horrible. Um, I think his name actually was under Reggie Reginald. Uh, red, like all these different names under official stat keeping. So I can't even audit all of it. His stats were good, but uh, I, I did some research. I'm not the only one. It turns out I can't find him on any postseason All-American list. So that's created some, uh, you know, some interesting conversations on message boards today. So uh, you say that gives you a little pause. Um what do you think about this guy kind of trying to embellish his accolades? And do you think that, do you think he pulled one over on the coaching staff? Cause some folks think so. Um, I would like to think that our coaching staff is young enough and smart enough to maybe see through that. Um, I sure hope they are at least, I don't really question the guy's character for it, but it just, um, I'm not going to think he might start anymore. No, I, I, I agree with you. It, it, it is kind of funny, though, that in uh, today's day and age, uh, you know, Twitter, you can do this type of stuff. I think there was a story, and anyone who's listening on the RSS feed or Cole or Hayes or anyone who might uh, come in here later, there was some kid who actually got rated by rivals, I think like a high five, four, or high three-star, maybe even a four-star. He created this Twitter persona was tweeting out fake offers, had a fake huddle film, and he ended up getting ranked on the rival site when he didn't exist. So I, it is not it is not a situation like this at all. I watch his game tape. He is a dude. He's actually shown, showing up on some of these uh, like super in-depth NFL blogs. Like People have scouted him. So I, don't, I, I think he's a player. I think if the season were to start tomorrow, he's still the nickelback. But it is interesting that the guy's just like, all right, I'm going to tweet this out and uh, I'll see what happens. I mean, he's probably seen that high school kid you were talking about. and I, I guess I don't really know what goes through your head thinking you get away with it, but I guess maybe he did. So, Well, you know. and I, and, yeah, and I, I don't think he really got away with it. I think the only thing that happened is uh, some fans, myself included, probably got a little bit more excited over him. And uh, j- just kind of jumped on the bandwagon of this kid before, uh, you know, or maybe to a higher extent than he should have. But he's a he's a good dude. I I watch anything I could find out. I think he's going to be a player for us. So I'm I'm looking forward to him. Um, we'll we'll run down some of the more uh, topics as we wait for more folks to jump in. We'll we'll go back to Cole. Cole, I don't know how uh, I don't know if you're addicted to Twitter like I am or addicted to trolling Iowa State fans like I am, but the pro football focus list of the top five returning running backs came out. Our very own, the small king, Deuce Vaughn, was on the list. There's a guy from Oklahoma, but no Brees Hall, uh, and that created a lot of fun for trolling. Uh, Did you yourself get in on any of the trolling of Iowa State fans, and do you think they're ever going to understand uh, that it's a joke? Do do you think they're ever going to become self-aware? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'm definitely involved in all the Twitter watching. I'm also addicted. Uh, I had to hold steady fingers not to get involved because I try to, you know, be a positive light out there in the internet world. But no, I don't think Iowa State Twitter will ever be self-aware. Just from my interactions with them and seeing what they tweet and how they react to things, they just are really a – dumb fan base for lack of a better way to put it um so no they will i don't think they'll ever be self-aware and they'll never 
have some type of humility about what. I mean, I, I think that they probably have some reason. I think Brees Hall probably is one of the top returning running backs, but it is funny how they're in the midst of a love affair from the entire college sports media world. And all it takes is a PFF list and some uh, cheeky K-State fans and it destroys their fan base. We'll, we'll come down to Hayes. Hayes, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if you get in the Twitter trolling game or not, but uh, how entertaining is it to see it constantly happen with this one fan base? They just never learn. Oh, I love it. I mean, the greatest Trevor Twitter rivalry in sports, Farmageddon. Uh, I don't really get into the actual tweeting, but uh, I like to watch and laugh at them. I love it. All right, we got Jimmy and Grant in the room. We're first going to go to Jimmy because uh, the, fir- the first topic is the latest K-State transfer that has been brought in. Reginald, Reggie, Reg, he has a million first names, uh, Stubblefield. First off, we're going to go through the entire timeline of it. What was your first reaction when you saw it come through yesterday? Initially, I was pretty, I was really excited. I thought that they had, I, I still think they landed a good kid, but I, I thought they'd landed, you know, a FCS All-American, multiple conference All-American, some, put up some really good stats and uh, was pretty impressive and, you know, had other, at least what he posted, other schools that were interested in, in him that looked pretty solid as well. So basically pretty excited, um, still pretty excited. I'm sure you talked about some of the other stuff. So uh, what else did, did you guys discuss on that? Yeah, so so I, I've been going through the whole gambit, and some folks were br- blissfully unaware of uh, some of the <laughs> drama, which I, I'm jealous of anyone who, who uh, did not get caught up in it. So then I, I go back and ask, okay, you're on the message boards. I've seen you. What was your reaction when it was starting to come out? Like, okay, he probably didn't make any All-American lists. The SWAC, it's tough to find anything on their list, but it turned out maybe wasn't uh, all all conference. And uh, and honestly, the, those are the biggest things because the stats he put up were very good um, yeah. in what you could find. And you did a great job accumulating a bunch of the stats. I even think some games are missing from what you found. Yes. Um, but they weren't to the level that he was claiming. So when, when all that was starting to roll through, I didn't see it until this morning. Um, so what was your reaction? It was turning out, okay, this guy, he, he was embellishing a little bit on Twitter. Yeah, I, I followed the back and forth on, on KSO, and you get all kinds of extremes with, you know, fans. And, and I think that's fine. That's part of being a fan is, is listening to different people's opinions. Um, I kind of settled on that, um, like you said, this the stats weren't a – huge deal to me because I mean as I looked up his numbers he was listed under three different misspellings of his name over the course of his five seasons so I'm like they obviously don't take a lot of time and care at Prairie View A&M and keeping up their stats and their their football website to the level of that you would at K-State so that's one thing Um, he did make a couple preseason all swack list um, one was the official all-swack list and one was Phil Steele. So I'll give him, you know, I'll give him those two. My biggest concern was claiming to be an FCS All-American when he's not on any All-American list. But also did the research and found that um, uh, Van Malone did at least work in the same NFL minority fellowship program in 2003 as his current quarterbacks coach, at uh, Prairie View A&M. So I think there's a relationship there. I think, uh, you know, Van Malone's been in Texas, Prairie View A&M's in Texas, and I think those coaches probably have interacted. So I'm trusting that, that Van Malone did his research and vetted this kid with, with the coaching staff at that school, and they're, they're getting a, a good piece that can provide depth and, you know, decent enough talent, watches, watches, stat, watches video, and he's, you know, puts up some good – some good plays and looks like at, at worst he'll be a depth player and maybe even better than that if he's if he's better than I think he is. 
Yeah. And then the, the next topic we, we started touching on and, you know, unlike Cole and Hayes, I even saw you, which is, it, it goes against your nature, Jimmy. You even yes. were waiting into the, uh, to the back and forth with Iowa state fans over the last few days. Um, so, so again, I, I, I'm going to take this opportunity for uh, th- this live show to dunk on them and ignore the fact that they <laughs> boat raced us. They dominated 45, nothing doesn't matter. It was a fake season. I'm, I'm ignoring yes. that. So we're going to have some fun basically all off season poking fun at Iowa state. Anytime something like this happens. So first off, uh, I don't know if you're a PFF guy. Uh, were you sh- surprised when you didn't see Brees Hall on the list? Because I'll be honest, I didn't even give it a second thought. I was like, hell yeah, deuce, let's go. <laughs> I didn't care until I started seeing Iowa State fans getting mad and then that Derek Duke guy from uh, the Heartland Sports, and that just kind of kicked <laughs> everything off. So walk me through how you experienced the latest Iowa State meltdown. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw the initial list. I honestly didn't think of Brees Hall initially um, right away, although you saw – I mean, almost immediately – the Iowa State fans were chiming in. So once I saw it, I was like, oh, duh, he, sh- he should be on the list. Okay, I'll give you that. But the reactions, I mean, the funniest one to me was the dude who brought out all-time record between K-State and Iowa State. And and we're like two games below them. It's like 58, 56, and five or something all-time. Their, their lead on us. And then I, you know, I like to go back and look at the all time. And, you know, if you're 30 years old, you've won 80% of the time against Iowa State as a K State fan. So give me a break with even trying to mention. I mean, I'll give Oklahoma or Nebraska throwing in all time win stats against K State. But an Iowa State fan, come on, that's, that's a complete joke and just a moronic take to even bring that up if you're an Iowa State fan. Yeah, it it, it 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 was quite funny. So, uh, all right, Grant Grant now has put the baby down. He can talk. So, Grant, first off, you didn't even realize we picked up a Nickelback yesterday for a while, did you? I didn't realize. Um, I had to do some digging. Um, you, since you gracefully did, decided not to respond to me, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. But uh, I mean, I don't. I, I'll have, like, every once in a while I'll be able to pop on the boards. But, yeah, obviously, having a baby. It's been a little bit of a crunch over here. So, And he could, honestly, he's going to interrupt me at any time. I've got him in a bouncer right now, so he's a little distracted. But we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, it sounds like this Reggie guy is going to be fine. He's a depth piece. I agree with Jimmy. I think it's a little weird that he embellished <laughs> he embellished his career a little bit on Twitter, which is, like, funny but also concerning um so i don't really know how i feel about that but i feel like he's clearly got to be better than some of the depth pieces that we have behind him and we need a depth so there we go yeah i i agree with you i think some folks are taking a little far i think uh again i i'm envious of anyone who isn't in the weeds but we have people legitimately asking if we got catfished um (laughs) Which is stupid, but we'll we'll move on past this because you are one of the best when it comes to trolling Iowa State fans. Um, do you think they'll ever realize that it's all one big joke? Do you think they're ever going to catch on? No, they will always be victim number one. They're so easy. It's so so easy, and the, the best part about it is they're genuinely as good, if not, I mean, clearly better than we are at the moment, and they still flounder in the water. They have no idea what to say. I love the all-time record, Jimmy. Um, As somebody who is a staunch anti-all-time record guy, um, the funny, like, the most important thing is what happened recently, so I'm kind of going against my own narrative because they absolutely blitzed at 45-0. to So I'm glad they're bringing up the all-time narrative once again. It's like, I mean, they're just, they're the easiest target. They walk right into the trap every time. I don't think they'll ever learn. And um, it's great. It's one of, it's one of the best things on Twitter for me. It always keeps me coming back. Hell, it'll probably get my account big again. If I just keep tweeting about Iowa State, I'll get followers because they just can't stay away. It's like a bug to a light. It really is. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. All right. So the next topic 
that we're going to touch on, and, and we'll, we'll circle back to uh, Reginald, and we'll so, cir- circle back to Iowa State as different folks pop on. But it's something that we had a series for a while, which I've actually never participated in. Um, it's some of the worst losses. And, w- and what prompted this was uh, over, over the last couple of weeks, there's actually been a lot of uh, talk being bringing back of, you know, losses during Snyder 1.0 that you, you would redo. And then there's been some pop-ups, you know, with, with the impending Arlington trip, people talking about the Vandy trip and how, how much that sucked. And Grant used saying it's almost as bad as Baylor. I don't, that, that was stupid, but you know, it got me to bite. Um, so I, I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about some losses that really have stuck with fans. It doesn't have to, be I mean I don't want to hear AM, I don't want to hear Baylor. I want to hear like some more niche stuff that has really stuck with you. Um and then if you want to get if you want to get weird with it, you can, you know, do a volleyball or a baseball loss or a recruiting loss or something that uh is kind of more niche that uh kind of sticks with you. We'll we'll start off with Jimmy, then we'll go to Cole, then we'll go to Grant. Jimmy, is there like a game? I mean everyone knows the big ones, the butlers, the Loyola's Baylor, all that type of stuff. Is there? A, oh no, Jimmy dropped off. Sorry, we're gonna have to come to Cole. Cole, is there a game again? Not one of those big ones that's like, oh, it costs us a shot at Final Four or a national title. Um, that that sticks with you. That probably maybe bugs you for a unique reason, or you think it bugs you a little bit more than some other folks. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is. I might. This might be kind of like contradicting myself, but. I don't remember exactly what team it was, but 2013 was the year. I'm pretty sure uh, we lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament as a four seed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yep, yep. That one just sticks out to me because I was, like, in middle school. I was on vacation with my family, like, having a good time, thinking that we're going to be watching K-State games all spring break, and then we – shit the bed and, you know, ruin the vacation there. But that's one that has always stuck with me. Yeah, I was in the Sprint Center for that one and uh, seeing Angel Rodriguez go to the corner, just it just it just hurt me. It just hurt me. Jimmy, you're back. Um, I think you heard what we're talking about, some of the yeah. losses that stick with us, but kind of more niche to you because, I mean, everyone fucking <laughs> hates the Baylor, the A&M. LaSalle, you know, all, all that type of – well, actually, that was the LaSalle game. But yes. uh, just just all these different games. Like, so so, what is one that's a little bit more niche to you that sticks out and maybe why it sticks out? Yeah, this is – it's a good question because there's – I mean, you can go all over the place. And by the way, the app just made me, like, refresh the app or update the app. That's why I got kicked out. It was probably bizarre. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway um, I'm going to go with – 1993 Iowa State football, since we were talking about the Cyclones earlier, which was the streaker game, which I don't – have you, any of you guys ever heard that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard the story, but, again, you know, you're, you're talking to Cole, who's probably – Cole, how, how old are you? <laughs> 23. 23, okay. okay. So you're older than Hayes, but you yeah. weren't alive in 93. No, <laughs> no so – this was my freshman year at K-State. Games, I mean, this game was not on TV. Most games were not. So I remember listening to this game. And K-State's playing Iowa State. Iowa State was not good. K-State was having their first really turnaround season. And K-State gets off to a big lead. I think it was 24-14 to 14 or something like that in the third quarter, maybe the fourth. And then it's, it's like 10 degrees in Ames. And this streaker comes out. And I remember Mitch Holt is talking about it on the radio. And then K-State completely falls apart and gives up 14 straight points. And Iowa State beats them. They still have a great season, but that could have been a 10-win season that first year and probably would have got them a better bowl than the Copper Bowl if they'd beat Iowa State in that game because they beat Oklahoma that year, tied Colorado, and lost to Nebraska. So that game always stuck out as, a, as an odd one because it's a team they should have beat. And kind of Snyder's M.O. throughout the rest of 1.0 was not losing games he shouldn't lose until probably around 2004. So that game is is probably the first, one of the first ones 
uh, that I can remember as a fan as a freshman at K State, and then one that I still remember just because it was such a weird thing back then. Yeah, and man, imagine like because if we if we beat Iowa State in that one, like we would have gone like almost a full century without losing to them. So yes, <laughs> oh man, hate them. Okay, Grant, what 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 is the game? You and oh, I have boy. gone back and forth. You've actually done the pods. That's the only recurring like theme show that we have done. I think there's two or three of them that I have not been a part of. So it's go not worth niche. It. Go. It's not worth it, no, it sucks. It's it's not uh, a good it's not a good topic. But go yeah. niche. Give me something that bugs you I mean, probably list, more than it bugs the anyone list else. This is really long. The list is honestly long. Um, and there's definitely like oh my my child is waking up. There's definitely tiers to it too. We all know like the tier ones, the ninety eights, the Baylors, the the Butlers, like you said. Tier two, I would argue like two thousand two Colorado, ninety five Colorado. Uh oh. We're in trouble, boys. I might have to come back. But the tiers after that, like, man, you could go real late. Like, games like 20, uh, fuck, 2016 West Virginia, 2016 Oklahoma State. Those still, I think about all the time, the way that we blew those games. All right, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fine. So the 2016 West Virginia is a great one. I'm going to kick you off. Uh, the stage, you can come back on. That's one that sticks with me because I actually was there. I was in West Virginia. We're kicking all these field goals. Me and my dad are feeling good. We're like, all right, you know, we're good. You know, you're up. I think we're up nine or something in the first, in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, they start to come back. You didn't capitalize on any of these touchdowns. Then Matt even Crane's kicking you know, a 53-yard field goal in the wind to try to win the game. He misses after being perfect all game. Oh, my gosh. I was so livid when that game happened. I think that probably was when I became done with Snyder. It was – it murdered my soul, that game. Jimmy, do you remember your emotions for that game? Yes, I do. That, and I would agree with you. It would have been much tougher to be there. But again, same thing. Oh, surrounded. Surround. We weren't in the K State section. And I'll. I if if someone reminds me on Twitter, I'll tweet out the picture of me and my dad just surrounded by yellow. It was on TV. It was just. Oh, I want to die, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I I echo the same thing. Where you know it felt like we were in control of the game and there's no way we're going to lose it. And then all of a sudden at the end of the game, we're like, how did we lose this thing? Just by one point where it, it seemed like, and I, I have to go back and look, it seemed like we kind of dominated moving the ball, but just like you said, settling for those field goals. And that, you know, that was kind of one of those games where, like you said, you've started figuring Snyder's, method was slipping because we used to be the team that never beat ourselves and that seemed like a game where we beat ourselves yeah it oh my goodness I almost kind of wish that Grant didn't bring that up but we're going to keep moving on Cole is there a game from your time at K-State in the student section that sticks out to you that was just gut-wrenching I I think back to at least for me, that it, I believe it was 2010 Oklahoma State. Again, not a great year for K-State, but it was a game I thought we should have had. We blew it. And then that North Dakota State game, like, it, it took part of my soul. Was there a game, game from your time at K-State that just sticks with you and haunts you anytime you look at the student section? Possibly. Cole? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. You repeat man. the question. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I, I was just asking, as someone who who was at K State a little bit more recently, is there one of the games, football or basketball, that just was extra gut wrenching because you were right there in the student section? Uh, honestly, I think it was West Virginia this year. I think. It was just oh, 2019 or are you talking basketball? Cause I think we we're on the road this year for West Virginia. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been 2019 West Virginia. We were going at it. 
uh, with this one player. Like, he was John back at us. Next play, he goes out, gets an interception, comes back, starts yelling at us again. And then it was just like the whole game, he was right looking at us. And it was just not a fun experience. But that's definitely one experience that uh, I would say stands out. And then one game that I wasn't at because it was an away game, but while I was in college was the the basketball game at KU with the speed walking for the game winner, that one, that one always cuts me deep in my. Yep. No, I hear you. All right, Grant, you're back on the stage. What did you want to add to like some of these tier three losses that just eat you away? There's a lot of losses that really eat at you that honestly, ultimately didn't matter on like a grand scheme. Uh, Marshall, that hurt me pretty bad. That was one of the first times oh, I saw K-State lose. Um, when I think that, that matters. K-State like, was a great team. That's I mean, like a tier two. That's a... it. Certainly matters, but like, yeah. I mean, yeah. It 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 had some some pretty big implications because we were an elite team that year, and that was the first time I really saw K-State lose to a team that like we were clearly head and shoulders better than when we were a good team and the expectations were really really high. Obviously, the two thousand one season was kind of a, a shit show, but. That one really sticks out. Um, a game that tr- truly doesn't matter. 2015 TCU blowing a like 24 point halftime lead. Awful, absolutely awful. Um, man, there's some basketball ones. Have you guys done any basketball ones? Uh, I haven't, but like I'll never forget the freaking Javon Thomas meltdown at the end of that game. I I was getting ready to leave Bramlage. And, and then it's like, oh, I have to go back in because this is going to overtime. We freaking found a way to lose that if you want to talk about uh, meaning meaningless games. And then there's a game, Jimmy – so you might know what year this was, but I was at a K-State basketball game. We were playing Oklahoma. It might have been the final game of the year. I can't remember. But Oklahoma won on a controversial late tip-in that I thought wasn't good. What, what year was that? That would have been uh, – <clears throat> the, the- – player that made it was drew lavender and he shot it over justin williams if you remember him yep uh that would have been uh <clears throat> mid to late woolly so probably oh seven oh six maybe yeah i was at that game that was that was miserable because i was i like you watching the replay i think they showed it you know, watch it on TV afterwards or on even on there weren't as many video clips on the internet then, which is kind of crazy, but um, it, he obviously made it on time, but th- I thought there was no way he made it on time. And I just remember Kelvin Sampson running off the court and celebrating and Willie had a lot of games like that, that we lost late. Uh, there was another game where Tim Ellis hit a three against Oklahoma to send it in overtime. And then they kind of pulled away and beat us in overtime uh, that I remember. So, yeah, there was several of those. There was a game against Oklahoma State where we were up <clears throat> by, I think, 20 or 25 at halftime and lost. Um, so there's a lot of those woolly – and it's kind of like Grant said, they ended up not really mattering because K-State sucked. But there seemed to be so many Woody, of those in the woolly era that just broke your heart. At snatching defeat out of the job. <laughs> yeah, no, that for that sure. Is, that is very true. That is very true. Another place that is great at grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory is bet online. I've made the mistake. I've bet the Royals to win each of the last two games over at Bet Online, and they have just yanked my heart out. But there is a ton of great action over at Bet Online, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. They're all in full swing. Get all the latest news, odds for your sporting needs, including UFC and MMA action. It is your spot for all your betting needs. All right, let, let's just go around real quick. Bet Online, so here, here's a nice little integration. Bet Online has Texas as the second favorite to win the Big 12. In K State at seven, Cole. If you were setting up the betting lines, 
Would you have Texas being number two in the Big 12 odds, and would you have us as low as seven? I don't know. I'm kind of biased. I like when K-State's the underdog because I like to, you know, put 20 bucks on it. And when it's plus, you know, 600 or whatever, it's a good payout. But I would probably not. Wait, you said Texas was number two? Texas was number two. I, I think. Okay, yeah. And, and that Definitely pissed not. off Iowa State fans, too. They were going at, at sponsor of the show, Bet Online. Iowa State fans were going at our friends, Bet Online. And I took that personally. Yeah, I'm definitely not putting Texas number two. <laughs> I'll keep K State where they are just to keep our, uh, you know, keep our odds so so, uh, you know, plus whatever it would be. Um, but yeah, I'm probably putting Texas at four, honestly, behind Oklahoma State. Oh, you're dead to me, Cole. You're dead to me, Cole. It's all right. I still love you. All right, Jimmy. What 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 do you think about bet online? Do you think they got it right? No, I don't. And don't hate me because I'm going to agree with Cole that uh, uh, Iowa Jesus State Christ. should be in the top. Iowa State should be second behind Oklahoma, in my opinion. And then I would put Oklahoma State and then Texas. So, well, I, do, I mean, Oklahoma State, they're I, trying to. It's break not it. like it's not like I'm cheering for Iowa yeah. State here. I'm just saying I, based what on Oklahoma what they State have back. Have? What does Oklahoma State have? We should be higher than Oklahoma State. Well, the quarterback is back, and I, he doesn't have anyone to throw or hand it that's off true. to. With Chubbagon, no, you, you have a legit point there. I would, I, I wasn't thinking about what Iowa State or what Oklahoma State lost. I could see dropping them below. I could see Texas at three. You make a good point there. Okay, Grant, I need you to bring some sanity. Iowa State probably shouldn't even be in the top five, right? Bet online, sponsor of the show. You hear this, so I'm fine. Okay, you're done. All right, uh, and before we start talking about who we might have some beef with, our final final sponsor, and again, love all my sponsors, but Kansas City Steaks might be my favorite. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com, get 10% off your entire order and free shipping. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City Strips, Juicy steak burgers and all beef hot dogs get over there today. So we're going to start talking about who we might have a little bit of beef with. And this goes great with some of our Iowa State talk. So I want to throw some dudes under the bus. Let's talk about our least favorite guys in all of college sports. It can be past. It can be present. I'm not going to go future because that would indicate that they're future high school or their current high school guys. So we're not going to do that. So uh, we're going to start off with Jimmy. Jimmy, give me some true villains from Ghost of College Sports Past or Present that you enjoyed hating. Uh, One of the top on my list would be Kirk Heinrich. Man, I couldn't stand him when he He was was a kid. Goofy-looking motherfucker. He drove me nuts and – I remember the student section yelling Harry Potter when he was shooting free throws and he always, I mean, they killed us. I don't think we ever played him close in those days. So he would be kind of my number one that first came to mind. You know, I always hated the Duke guys like Leitner and some of those dudes, Bobby Hurley. I've never liked Duke players per se as well. So some of those dudes would be up there on my list. I have to think a little bit more, but. Um, KU guys and Duke guys uh, are definitely would be ones that come to my mind first. Definitely. All right, Cole, besides that West Virginia dude who you are giving the business to all game and then he got an interception, which honestly I might have to blame that loss on you if you wouldn't have hyped him up. So, sorry, you're going to have to wear that. So, who, who are some guys that you've uh, enjoyed heckling during your time in the student section or enjoyed hating? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take the blame for that one, but – uh, honestly, the biggest one that stands out for me, and this might be, you know, putting a little salt in the wound because it's still recent, but Rico Jeffers out of Texas Tech hits our quarterback on a cheap shot, knocks him out of the game. He's out for the rest of the season, comes back after the play, starts jawing at the K-State fans like he just did something. And I'm like, dude, it's a penalty, like roughing the quarterback. It's a, you're not playing within the rules of the game. So that dude is definitely uh, 
pretty high on my list. Uh, and then I would say, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gavin Potter at KU, but I feel like I don't really, <laughs> I don't really need to mention him because he makes a fool of himself enough that like I don't really, you know, at this point, no one else really has to. Say- so this is what I'm going to say about Gavin Potter. Uh, yeah, he, he he was kind of a tool, but it, it it's it's kind of too bad he sucks because he would have been a great villain for the KU rivalry when it comes to football. Um, so I, I I'm I'm uh, you know I, I it's kind of sad that he sucks so much because like you said he makes a fool out of himself. It, it's just you know almost not worth hating him. A, a guy that bugged me. It all stems back from uh, the game in uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium in the lead-up to their Orange Bowl year. Frickin' Aqib Tlaib got a interception, I think, off Josh Freeman to ice the game, and he was doing the stupid Soldier Boy Superman dance, and that picture got snapped, I think, by the Lawrence Journal world, and I see that everywhere. And that's what's burned into my head from that fucking game. And him, it's not Jordy burning him. It's him getting that and doing that stupid dance. Or it might have been the other quarterback, cornerback, but whoever it is. But I just, uh, and, and I see it all the time. I see it on Facebook. I see it on, uh, you know, Instagram. Anytime that the game comes around, I see that picture and it just makes me want to bash my head through some drywall. Um, so I, I hate the entire. KU defensive backfield from that year. Grant, who are some guys that you have loved to hate? Oh, man. I mean, Tlaib for sure. That's a good one. I mean, I hated Todd Racing. Pretty much any KU football player from that era when we were, when I, they were spanking us. I didn't, us. Hate, I I didn't hate, them all. hate Jake Sharp. I didn't hate him. But. No, come on. I hated Jake Sharp. <laughs> See, I said – no, time out, time out. I, I only said that to get a rise out of Jimmy because I know how much Jimmy hated him. Oh, I still remember him because he scored on, like, a long touchdown in that first time we ever got beat by him in 05. It was terrible. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to get a rise out of Jimmy. I wanted to get a rise out of Jimmy. It, it worked. I mean, Gavin Potter. Gavin Potter's a joke, but, you know, he kind of does it to himself. Um, I hated Tyler Hansborough just as a player. Um, fuck him. Taylor Martinez, nightmare material. Oof. There's a lot. I feel like there's a ton of basketball players that. Oh, Brady Morningstar, fucking hated Brady Morningstar so much. And there's so many basketball players, not even from KU. Like I'm all on KU basically right now. I wish I could think of more because that's one of the best parts about basketball to me. College basketball is like I am completely out of control with my. I vehemently hate people like on the other team, and I feel like I, I can't control it. It's really bad. Really so bad. There's, oh, there's a lot of good ones in the past that I, I, I'm totally that are escaping me right now. But I could probably make a list of like 50 players that drove me insane. Yeah, I hated Brady Manic too. And then again, one of my of favorite course. moments of all time was when Dean Wade dunked on Brady Manic, and then. He, he, like, got all up in his feelings. And then I think the only time I've witnessed my dad heckle a college, like, athlete, because my, my season tickets that year were only two rows back from the opposing bench. Maybe it's three rows, but I was so close. My dad was just going at Brady Manic. Oh, you're going to cry, Brady Manic. Oh, it was glorious. Uh, and then Brady Manic went on to have a good year or a good career, but I, I, I loved to hate him. Um, Cole, Grant, or Jimmy, any other guys that you love to hate that you want to get in here before we run the gambit with uh, Chef? Because I, I know he has some takes he needs to get in. Let the Chef. Let... Okay, Chef, first off, you can't call Grant a, pre- a peasant. I can't have you guys fighting in here. But the, the first question that we asked everyone was what was your initial reaction of Mr. Reginald uh, Stubblefield committing and uh, at least giving us a new option at Nickelback for this football season? Initial reaction. I was, I was pretty ecstatic. Um, I mean, I love seeing kids from the historically black colleges come in. He's going he's gonna to provide depth. I'm excited. I didn't, I didn't see – how big he was. I, I couldn't find that anywhere. I mean, I don't know his size, but I'd imagine he's pretty athletic and uh, 
I'm, I'm overall excited. But there's still guys that we're going to try to get, so I don't know where that he lines up with that, but he was the first one in, so I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think he's listed at six foot, uh, but I can't quite – remember uh if that's accurate or not but so the next question we've asked everyone uh and i don't know if you've been active if, if you have figured this out but he embellished his stats and he embellished his accolades in his twitter account which then got picked up by a couple other twitter accounts how much of an issue if any issue at all do you find uh that he was embellishing his uh, stats, his accolades, and all that type of stuff. Well, I mean, it's not a big deal to me. I mean, whether he was a Division II All-American or not, or he had seven picks or whatever, I mean, if the staff knows what he can do, then I'm all for it. I mean, just kids being kids, I guess. I, I, I like I like your uh, take on that. The, the next thing that we were getting everyone, because we're, we're taking our shots at Iowa State while we can. We're trying to get over 45 to nothing. How much fun was it going at Iowa State fans this week as they got butt hurt because Bet Online had them as the third favorite, not the second favorite to win the Big 12, and butt hurt with pro football focus, not having Brees Hall as a top five back. Uh, so h- how much fun was it getting over on them this week? That was awesome. I mean, I literally didn't do anything. I took a step back because, I mean, my my connection with Iowa State fans, I just, I've really had none. I mean, it's always living vicariously through you guys going hard on these clones. It's just the funniest shit just watching these guys just get so up in arms and just calmly K-State fans just digging into them with all, their, with all the rebuttals. They couldn't come back to any of them. And, I mean, it is kind of – I mean, I can see where their argument is. Brees Hall is elite, but but they just they don't know how to play it cool, man. They don't. It's so funny. Yeah, and they're they're never going to be in on the joke. And then the last couple ones that we've done right before you hopped on. What are one or two games that K State has lost that have really bugged you? But we're going beyond like the tier one and tier two losses. You know, we all know the Baylors, the Sister Jeans, the A&Ms, the Butlers, all that. What are one or two games that are maybe unique to you that you really just can't get over? In, in basketball? Basketball or football. Oh. Um, or if you're still worked up about losing Caden Crawford in a recruiting battle to Iowa, you can say that too. <laughs> no. no uh, I would say the first thing that jumps to mind was uh, the – TCU comeback, that one like hurt real bad. We had them on the ropes and they just fucking they cleaned our clock and I mean I think we had Hubert at, not Hubert, uh, what was it? Hubner? At oh yeah, Bazooka Joe. Oh my god, we were like we were right there, we're at time, we're feeling good, like we're gonna get it done. The quarterback for TCU is wearing a K-State arm sleeve with a power cat on it and it just it just all falls apart, and they come back and win at, on the night game. It, it hurt bad. That one stung with me for a long time, even though we had our third-string quarterback. I'm vibing yeah, right now. Just got off the golf course. I've had about seven beers, Bud Heavies. I'm fucking – I don't know. I shouldn't be driving, but I'm doing it anyway. Oh, no, Chef, Chef. I don't know. I do not want to hear that. That is not good, Chef. I'm feeling good. It's 8.30. We're – it's – Long country roads where just got to keep it straight in between the whites. Oh, man. And you're calling into the show. Um, we're going to just move on past that. Uh, who, who who are some players that you love to hate? I, I caught it. I caught the last little bit of this. I don't know if anybody – I heard Grant's uh, – I don't know if I heard Grant's take on it, but I Mark Vidal for Baylor, he always bugs the hell out of me, like – that was the guy that he's built like a freaking defensive tackle, and he just randomly got buckets and outboarded everybody. He just pissed me off all the time just watching him play basketball for an elite basketball team, and he got run, and it made me so mad. Like, God damn, why is this guy the one that always does shit? Yeah, no, that that's a good one. That's a good one. I think, I think you're up to date there, so – 
we're going we're going to shift over to Jimmy and Cole because they're not drunk driving right now. Um, we do not endorse that. So so we'll uh, we'll shift away from that. We'll come to you. We'll we'll get a going away question for you. So I'm going to go to Jimmy and Cole for this one before we do a wrap up. So to you two, this is something that I think Grant and I are going to touch on for our show this weekend. And this is something that I thought was really good from John Kurtz on his show on K-Man this week. He was talking about how uh, going into the game that he thinks that this K-State Stanford game down in Arlington. And again, we're four months out from it. We're going to be we're going to be talking about this game, you know, probably 100 times between now and then. But he was saying that this might be one of the biggest games in the climbing era going into it. In hindsight, you get those Oklahoma wins. Those were big, um, and those were big games. But I think he, I think he's right on. I think the only game that meant more going into the week than what this Stanford game will be was that first game versus KU. They're coming off that win versus Texas Tech, the who is K-State, another coach in the rivalry going against K-State. But I think this Stanford game is number two because of how last season ended, because of all the drama about moving the game away, all that type of stuff. So I I think he was accurate with his take of this being the second most important game in the climate era. Jimmy, we'll come to you first, then we'll go to Cole. Where does this game rank coming into it as one of the most important games in the climate era? Yeah, I I think you nailed it with your take on uh, the KU game being first because of the circumstances. But this one, you know, you throw in how how last season ended, um, people kind of being a little bit down on the program because of that. And then throw on top of that, you have uh, Thompson coming back at quarterback. So you have an expectation that the offense should be pretty good. You got Deuce Vaughn back. You got Malik Knowles. You got Taylor. You got pretty good pieces. You got your whole offensive line. So there's going to be an expectation that the offense is good. Um Defense may have some growing pains, but you're playing a, a Stanford team that's not exactly known for lighting up the scoreboard with the way they play offense. Um, so I, I would tend to agree that this is a huge game and can set the tone for next season and really year three of the climbing era um, and a rebound year off of you know what turned out to be a somewhat disappointing um, 2020 season despite – a fun win over Oklahoma and a dominating win over KU. Yep, definitely. I, I would say that maybe that first game versus West Virginia, which this entire show keeps coming back to that game, Cole. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm, I'm done blaming you for it, but I think that first game versus West Virginia, Neil Brown also was an important one. We didn't get the win on that. Um, Cole, where, where do you think the Stanford game ranks in importance in the young climbing era? Yeah, I would tend to agree with both of you guys. Um, you know, it's not every day that K-State gets the chance to play in Jerry's world on national television against, uh, you know, a well-recognized team, although they may not be the best Stanford team ever. Having the opportunity to play a team like that and beat them on national television, it would be pretty disappointing if we, you know, didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Yep, no, I agree with you. Chef, I'll I'll give you a take on this one, and then we're going to do a roundtable and the final question. How important is the Stanford game going to be for climbing? Chef's on mute, maybe for the best. Andre, are you okay? I'm worried about you. Okay, well, my goodness, I, I I hope he's just having issues with the app. We're gonna have a uh, just a wrap up question uh, with Jimmy and Cole. Thank you to everyone who is hanging out in the chat. Thank you to uh, Grant, everyone else who was in. So our our wrap up question. Okay, there's. Let's try this one. Chef, are you okay? Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, I'm I'm alive. I had an incoming phone call. If you get an incoming phone call while you're in the locker room app, it dies. So, heads up. That that's a good heads up. All right, before we do the wrap up question, how important is this Stanford game? Uh, you know, we're we're a little less than four months out. We'll talk about it a million times. But I thought John 
had on his show had a great take that this is probably the second most important game in the climbing era. Uh, as you're looking at things going into the game, obviously hindsight, the Windsor Oklahoma are big, but only behind that first KU game, where do you land when you're trying to slate out the importance of early climbing games? I think that's, that's right on the money. I mean, KU for just the optics of the in-state rivalry and, and them having less and, us trying to keep our dominance in the series. I mean, that's probably number one, but this Stanford game, the national spotlight being in Texas, I would like to know the time slot. Did they, did they say the time slot for that already? It hasn't, but historically the uh, kickoff classic, the cowboy classic, whatever you want to call it is a night game. So I'm thinking it'll be a night game. That's massive. That would be, I mean, just the look of those two teams as well, people can get behind Stanford just as a brand and K-State as a brand with that game. I think this would be absolutely monster, especially with a a win. And depending on the performance, they might have the Cats doing some things this year because I I think we're going to be pretty solid. I love it. Okay, our wrap-up question again. Thank you to everyone who's hung out in the chat. Uh, everyone who's popped in and out. So we'll go to uh, Jimmy, then we'll go to Cole, and then we'll end with uh, Chef. And the question we're going to wrap up is, is what is one piece of K-State merchandise you would like to see on sale? Whether it is something that you've seen on coaches, on field that they're not selling, or if it's something that you have dreamed up in your head that you would like to see. For me, and I'm not going to steal the one I think Jimmy's going to say, but I really wish they were selling those, uh, you know, the the old like White Sox White Sox style alternate baseball cap. Um, they're not selling that, so that's the one I'll throw out there uh, because I think Jimmy and I agree on what he's about to say. So we'll we'll uh, we'll go to Jimmy, then we'll go to Cole, then we'll go to Chef. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you think I'm going to say Sailor Willie on a nice piece of Nike gear, whether it's the hoodie. The pullover, the the nice even the even the t shirt would be fine. A Sailor Willie version on Nike gear, not on Wabash Collection with the big Wabash Collection logo somewhere on there. So anything so I, Sailor, I'm I'm a Sailor Willie guy through and through, so that's that's my first choice as I think about that. What were you thinking? So I was actually th- you're right, but I, I was thinking you're one of the guys who really likes the lavender polo that Bruce wore. But I, I might be, I, I might no, be I, attributing I, that to someone else. No, you're. I, that was my second choice. Was the uh, Emaw lavender logo with the the new Emaw script logo on it would be nice as well. I would buy that. But I, I know there's you know some Sailor Wheeler gear, gear out there, but it's Wabash Collection. I want it on a Nike piece of apparel. That especially the the hoodie would be nice. I think. Yep, I love it. All right, we'll go to Cole. Cole's a stylish guy. I'm going to really be listening to his answer this one, and then uh, I'm, I might have to email Nike with whatever he says. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm definitely – I'm sure you guys have seen this image floating around the internet, but there's a picture of Bill Snyder. I'm pretty sure Brent Venables and Brett Bielma is in the picture as well, walking onto the field at Bill Snyder Family Stadium wearing this polo in the mid-90s. I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's got, like, this zigzag pattern on it with purple, black, and white. And That was that was Apex. I would, I, would pay, I would probably pay $500 for one of those polos. That's what I'm... Yeah, so I, I, was, I was sliding into any, anybody who works at K-State's DMs with that picture and basically saying, like, anyone who has open DMs or follows me on Twitter... I was sending that to them. I think I've tweeted at Gene Taylor like three or four times. Like, is there a like a two XL in in the uh, in the basement? You know, maybe not a Mark Mangino size, but you know, so, something of that. So I'm right there with you, Cole. I I knew you. I knew you were my favorite. I, I that's the perfect answer, Chef. You're not going to be able to beat that one, but I'm going to let you try. What is one piece of K State apparel or merchandise that you you wish could be for sale? Yeah, I have nothing on that answer. I mean, that's that's elite. But, I mean, when I was a young lad, I mean, just really getting into 
the digital camo hat. I could not find that when they kind of brought the white camo hats out first, but they had a digital camo hat that I could not find. So on the K-State Superstore, they do have the digital camo baseball hat. The baseball team doesn't wear it anymore, but K-State Superstore has that uh, if you're looking for a Nike fitted. So that's all we have. It was another fun show on uh, the Locker Room app. We're coming to you live every Thursday from here until the end of the year, maybe even on Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't know what our contract says, but we'll be here every uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. I had a ball. I just feel like I have to say again because uh, the chef decided to hop on here. We do not condone drinking and driving. If you uh, are over the limit, get an Uber. Do not do that. Chef, get home safe. But I'm going to give the final word to my guy, Cole. Cole's winning the MVP for this show. Cole, say whatever you want to the Boneheads listening. Uh, yeah, I think about putting the, putting the rent on the cast win the Big 12 this year. I'm not exactly sure what the odds are, but I'm sure it's a great payout. Uh, This is not financial advice. I'm definitely not a certified financial (laughs) planner, but, you know. Cole, you're the man. Shoot me a DM on Twitter. I need to send you some Bosco's Boys koozies. You're the man. Everyone have a good night. We love you guys. We'll see you next Thursday, and we'll also be uh, putting out another show on Monday. Everyone have a great rest of your – or great start to your weekend. And uh, go Cats, baby. Sports Social Podcast Network.